a visionary. You have a vision. You just need to create it and bring it to life. Welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with your host, Kate Ebner. Our program will be an hour of inspiration from leaders who are making their visions happen and will set you on the path to having a big impact through your leadership and the life you really want. Now here's your host, Kate Ebner. Good morning and welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. This is Kate and I have to say I'm just delighted this morning to welcome to the program someone whose life work embodies what I mean when I say visionary leader. When the Catholic school where Sister Mary Borden used to work in Hyattsville, Maryland closed its doors, Sister Mary, who belongs to the the religious of Jesus and Mary order, didn't just find a job at another D.C. area school. She sought out where the need for education was the greatest in the city and began what is today the Washington School for Girls. The school is a tuition-free Catholic girls' school that serves 100 students in grades 4th through 8th on two different campuses in Southeast Washington, D.C. Sister Mary Borden, thank you so much for being with me today. Welcome. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Well, I know that you know the story, your story and the story of your school is one that's going to be a, a wonderful and inspiring um, story to hear for those who are listening to us today. Um, Sister Mary, you chose to establish a school in the Anacostia neighborhood of Southeast D.C. And I want to describe the neighborhood a bit for our listeners who don't live in this area. Anacostia is in the southeast quadrant of D.C. It's separated from the rest of D.C. by the Anacostia River. Um, you can get there by going down Pennsylvania Avenue. I think of Pennsylvania Avenue as this long street on one end of it is the White House and cross the river into um, Anacostia. This is a historically African-American community. And it's a community with a jobless rate in Ward 8 where the Washington School for Girls is located that's over 18%. You know, local area high schools have reported graduation rates under 50% in recent years, and many residents of other parts of the city intentionally avoid this neighborhood because it has had many instances of violent crime, I think over 1,300 instances of violent crime in the last year. So this is a a part of the city that um, it's actually located in a beautiful uh, beautiful spot along the river, but it's an area that... um, you know, is best described by the statistics we often read about in the paper. And yet there's, there are other important stories happening there. And I think, Sister Mary, your school is one of them. I would love it if you could tell us what inspired you to start the Washington School for Girls in particular in the Anacostia neighborhood. Well, Kate, I think you just described exactly why we wanted to be there. It seemed that there were so many things that were going wrong structurally and systematically in this area of the city. And yet, we knew that right in that same area, there were bright, energetic, talented young people and young girls who wanted to, to get a good education. They were growing up, and all they wanted was an access to what would give them a future. And uh, there were a group of women who uh, knew that we could do it. We, if we got together and we, and we could find other people to join us, we could make a difference in the lives of girls. Uh, we knew that education was the way to go. And so we kind of honed in on the area, Anacostia area, and we're very happy about that. Tell us a little bit about your background, Sister Mary, before you started the school. Just give us a little bit of a, a backdrop, perhaps, to, okay. to who you are. Yeah, first of all, you already mentioned that I am a member of a religious community. It's the Religious of Jesus and Mary, and... 
Prior uh, to founding the school with other women, I worked in different positions in education, both in high school and in grade school, mostly in high school. I also did a lot of work in counseling on social work. I worked for Catholic Charities. I worked with families at that time uh, when I was at Catholic Charities, and I was the director of a volunteer program for young adults, similar to AmeriCorps. And I recruited young adults to send them out into service areas uh, in different uh, regions of our country. So it sounds like you you were already doing some very important and and heart-led work. Um, I'm curious about how you... Tell us a little bit more about the school itself and, and what motivated you to to really cross the river and start up this school and what that was like in those early days? Well, I tell you, the, the motivating factor for, to look at that, I'd have to go back to my own religious community and also the commitment of the Catholic Church over the years uh, to provide quality education to those who might be left out. Uh, in the case of the leader of my own community, Claudine Tevenet, uh, she was a French woman, and it's strange to say this, but she was working at the time of the French Revolution, and yet she still provides inspiration for me and for many today. Uh, she lived right in the midst of terrible devastation. We just described some statistics in Anacostia where she lived at the time of the French Revolution. Uh, she daily saw children abandoned to the streets. She saw young girls prostituting themselves who had no means to better themselves. And what she did did is she took in these girls, and since the trade open to them at that time was silk weaving, she got some looms because that's what she needed to do. And she taught the young girls how to do silk weaving, how to be productive members of society. Eventually... This grew into a well-rounded school. And you may think it's strange to make that connection going back to the French Revolution, but I always saw so many connections between that, taking in girls, finding out what it is that could help them to have choices, help them to become productive members of society. And in our day and age, it seems to me and to the group of women working with me that the single most effective intervention when you want to open doors for others is, is education. And this is what will create new opportunities. Hmm. I know that your campus, is, you have two campuses, and um, they're quite, quite remarkable. Would you just describe those campuses for us, Sister Mary, so that our listeners can get a mental picture of your school? Sure. At uh, one campus, we, uh, we are at the Ark. It's uh, building bridges across the river, and it's, uh, the Ark stands for Townhouse Education Recreation Campus. So we are one of the partners there at the Ark. We share this space with, um, with organizations such as the Levine School of Music, the Washington Ballet, the Corcoran Art Gallery, the Boys and Girls Club. We even uh, have a medical clinic with Children's Medical Center in the building. So we are one of the partners there, and uh, some, in some ways I think that's one of the best-kept secrets in, in, the, in the city also, mm-hmm. uh, that there's such a wonderful facility right in Anacostia, started by the William C. Smith Company. The other campus 
is located at Our Lady of Perpetual Help Catholic Church. Uh, the school, the diocesan school there closed about seven years ago, and uh, we have recently uh, rented space there. We are very happy to be in that space also. It's a, it's a beautiful panoramic view of the city, and I love the fact that our girls can be kind of feel on top of the world and, and oversee the Capitol, the Pentagon, the National Cathedral, you know, as they are learning and playing and, and growing. So, and in both, uh, both uh, facilities, in addition to the physical surroundings, I think we have just excellent uh, partners with us who want to be part of our girls' education. Thank you for giving us that picture. It, it is. It is actually. That's why I mentioned the beauty of the spot. It's. It's an amazing view. Um, what challenges do you see the girls facing at school and at home? So I love your reference to the French Revolution and to those times. And I'm curious about these times and the kinds of challenges your girls are facing. Sure. Uh, first of all, as we all know, ages 10 to 14 are very sensitive time in any young girl's life. For, so for all girls. These are extremely critical years. Not only does a young girl begin to mature physically, she also begins to choose friends. She begins to think about, what do I want to be when I grow up? You know, what careers do I want to think about? Even, you know, who are my friends going to be? So those are really, really sensitive issues for girls. But our girls, I think they face these, quote, normal challenges, but they do so with an overlay, with extra burdens. In many cases, our girls... uh, even play a parental role at home. They're the ones that are taking care of the younger siblings. A number of our girls do not even know their fathers or they have little contact with their fathers. They may have a brother or an uncle who's incarcerated. Uh, And, you know, just when you think that they should be enjoying the peace and quiet of reading a good book or even daydreaming or doing their homework, they may hear gunshots or... Uh, they may know of violence in the neighborhood. So that's the kind of, they have to face that challenge of, you know, succumbing, overcoming, and staying focused, um, even beyond what's the normal time of, of, you know, their own growth and development. They have extra challenges um, that I would say that kind of can pull them off from setting their normal priorities or, you know, staying focused. Mm-hmm. Thank you for describing that. I, I would love it. We just have a, about a minute and a half, believe it or not, until we take a break. But could you tell us a little bit about, you know, how you went from realizing you wanted to, to bring to, to found a school in Southeast Washington and actually doing it? What, what, what happened that made that possible? I don't, uh, a lot of faith, really. <laughs> I believe that, uh, you know, really it was uh, meeting up with other people and this was, this was difficult, but not difficult at all. You know, I think that the mission speaks for itself. When, when people realized that what we wanted to do was educate young girls, uh, we had a lot of people who wanted to be on board with us. The only question that they asked was, will you be here for a while, or are you going to come and go like so many other groups coming to Anacostia? So... We, we really, we got started, we, we started as an after-school program because we wanted to get to know the neighborhood. And at the end of the first year of an after-school program, we pulled the parents of the students in and we asked them, what do you think? Should we start a school? Well, it was a unanimous yes. And so 
once we had the support of the parents and we had other people around us, we knew that the school was the way to go. So we started a, a full school program. And um, that was with the fifth and sixth grades in the first year. Hmm. Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's wonderful to hear about your school and to learn about it. And I know that you're right. As people understand what your mission is, that question, you know, will you be here for a while seems so important because it's that commitment that is an indication that this is for real and it's going to last and it's a good place to, to invest one's time and resources. Um, we're going to be taking a break right now, um, but Sister Mary, I'm delighted that when we come back from the break, we actually have a mother and daughter from your school who are going to spend the next segment with us talking about the experience that Minxia is having at the school and that the family is having. So I know we're both looking forward to that and uh, you'll rejoin us for the third segment. Does that sound good to you? Sounds wonderful. Thank you very much. All right. We'll be right back after this break. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. 
Welcome back to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. This is your host, I'm Kate Ebner, and today we're learning about the extraordinary vision of Sister Mary Borden and her staff. Sister Mary is the founder and head of school at the Washington School for Girls in Anacostia, Washington, D.C. We're very lucky to have a Washington School for Girls family with us today. Minxia Gross is a student at the school, and she and her mother, Tabia Woodland, have joined me to talk about their experience at the Washington Middle School. Uh, We're going to have a conversation about what it's like to be a student and a family and part of the school community. And then we're going to return in our our third and fourth segments back to Sister Mary. So good morning and welcome, Minxia and Tabia. Good morning. (laughs) Thank you for being on the show today. I want to start with you, Minxia. And I'd love it if you could tell me about um, what your school was like before you came to the Washington School for Girls. Um. My school before I came to the Washington Middle School for Girls was a lot different because I didn't get exposed to as much to make me a better person. I I learned a lot of things, but when I came to Washington Middle School for Girls, it it they my teachers explained it more to make me understand it better. And the school I used to go to before, I didn't have that much family attention where it makes me feel loved and mm-hmm. makes me feel that I'm a part, a part and welcomed in the school as much. But when I came to Washington School for Girls, it was, it was just like, they're like my regular family. Like I would invite them to dinner. Well, that sounds like a wonderful um, change, actually, for you, Minxia. What grade are you in now? Eighth. You're in eighth grade. And how long have you been at the school? Two years. Two years. Okay, good. Um, I'm curious about what you just said. You said that, you know, once you got to the Washington School for Girls, you just felt differently. You felt like you were loved and appreciated, it sounds like, for who you are. Tell us a little bit more about, you know, how does that happen at the school? What is it that they do at the Washington School for Girls that gives you that feeling? That... When you walk in, everyone speaks and welcomes you in, and we hug each other, and we can have normal conversations, not just about schoolwork, but we have a advisory where you have a group of students with one teacher, and we just talk about ourselves, and we, my advisory usually have highs and lows where we talk about what we can get better in and what we already are doing well in, and we just talk about our families and everything and just it's like a community dinner nice it sounds like it like a really warm community with a lot of support for you and to be a, as a mother I'm curious how has this school changed your life would you say I would say the school changed my life tremendously I was very fortunate to find out about Washington Middle School for Girls and um, once Nancy um, was enrolled in the school I just saw how, you know, she just blossomed into this beautiful young lady. Um, I saw how the people were very open, and um, the school is really family-oriented. They welcomed us in with open arms, and um, it's nothing that if we need something or they can do something for us, they have supplied us with, they have helped us with. So it's just been a blessing all the way around. Mm. Hey, I, how did you hear about the school, Tabia? 
I actually heard about the school basically word of mouth. I was enrolling into uh, middle school, and I was just in the lobby talking to the secretary and talking to another fellow parent about um, what I was looking for for her as far as her middle school experience. I wanted her to, you know, have a little bit more, be exposed to a little bit more. And he was, um, he had um, stopped me. And asked me, he was like, well, maybe you'll be interested in a Washington Middle School for Girls. And I was like, well, where is that? I've never had heard of it. So um, he, gave, he gave me the address. Um, I rode around and found it. And, you know, but nice to me, it was right there in <laughs> where I grew up at, you know. And I couldn't believe that the school was right there. It was right in the art building. Um, I found it. As soon as I walked through the door, it was like a breath of fresh air. Everyone spoke to you. It was just like a different atmosphere when I walked through the door. And mm. it just seemed like somewhere that I would want my child to be. And once um, the administrator, she helped me. And actually, she was one of the teachers, Ms. Humphrey. She took me upstairs to the secretary, Ms. Leach. And um, I got the application. I sat and spoke with her for a little while. And um, she told me what I needed to do. I found out it was like two slots left for second, um, second graders, I'm sorry. And um, Mickey, she got one, and it's been, it's been wonderful ever since she's been in there. But it was just like a breath of fresh air when I found this school. It was really uh, eye-opening for me, and I was really pleased from day one, from mm-hmm. day one. It sounds like a, a wonderful experience for, for you and for your daughter. And um, Mingxia, I'm curious about something, and that is, what is your favorite thing about the Washington Middle School for Girls? Maybe you even have more than one favorite thing, but what, what's your yeah. favorite thing? Um, one favorite thing is that I enjoy staying at school until 5.30 to do extracurricular activities that we chose on our own that we like, and I, um, I do hip-hop, dancing, and I do, and I sing in the choir at the Levine School of Music, and I mm. take, um, film, and it's fun because it, all those different classes, we learn different techniques and everything, how to do different things, but this year, in second semester, I chose to do something I never did before for my activity on Thursday. So that's my favorite part. And the time just goes by, and sometimes I don't even want to leave because we have so much fun. Wow, that sounds like that sounds like exactly what, as a parent, we want for our kids, which is that you love school so much you're not in a hurry to go home. <laughs> it sounds wonderful. Um, I'm curious, Minxia, what are you thinking about for high school and beyond? What are your hopes and dreams? I hope that I'll get the same love in high school as I got at the Washington School for Girls. And I just hope to be successful once I leave high school to just do what I'm supposed to do and make good grades and not focus on the things that might go wrong, just focus on everything that I want to go right. Mm, That's a great choice, actually. You kind of put your finger on something, which is that we do have a choice about what we focus on. And often that is that choice, what you focus on, determines what happens next. So that sounds like a really smart way of thinking about your future. Um, Tapia, I wonder, you know, tell us a little bit more about what it's like to be a parent at the school. I understand that all parents volunteer their time to help support the students. Tell us about that. Well, um, for me, it's, 
it's a very easy thing for me to do. Anytime they have asked of my assistance or something I can give my opinion on, I will graciously do that. Um, as far as them helping us, it's like I said before, nothing that we've ever needed. Um, we've even had a situation where they donated a coat to Mixia, um, school supplies. Um, they've helped with uniform assistance with her. So it's like um, it makes it very comfortable for parents, and sometimes if we don't have it, they make sure that we have everything that we need for the girls. And also in my situation, I was still, I have a job, but I was also looking for um, better employment, and they also introduced me to a program um, which is also located in the art building, which is called Lift, which helps you with resumes and job hunting and things like that. So it's like um, any opportunity I feel that the girls have, they also extend that hand to the parents also. So it's there for us to get and to grow and to advance also. Not just for the girls, it's there for the parents. It sounds like a, a wonderful experience that you're having. It's just everybody's growing. Um, I'm, I'm curious, you know, what advice would you, Minxie, if, if you were talking to a new girl who was starting out at the school, what advice would you give her? I would tell her to, um, if she was shy, I would say it just, it's okay to be shy once you, um, coming to the school, you'll feel welcome and the students will welcome you in. And I would tell her about my experience because when I first got there, um, one of my classmates now, last year, she, saw, um, she came and she showed me around the school my first day. And then all the eighth graders were welcoming and praying. They came and they told me their names and they told me that I would fit right into the school because the school is fun. And they were just telling me positive things about the school and it just made me feel welcome. And I just fit right in. And I would tell her that, I would just tell her my story and just say that one, like by the second day, you'll feel that you've been here for a long time. Mm. That's really that's that's really great. Well, we just have a couple of minutes left, um, believe it or not, in in this particular portion of our show. And you know, to be, I wanted to to turn back to you. Um, you know, we're I'm thinking about as parents how we worry about our kids. We want the best we can for them, and it seems like the school is really offering Minxia the kind of experience that's causing her to blossom, as you said earlier, it's also really supportive for for you as well. Yeah. Um, what do you think you'll, what do you think you'll take from this school? You know, what's the, what's the, the mindset or the philosophy? I don't even know what the word I want is really, but just sort of what, what's, what is it that you think the school's get, causing you to believe in that might be helpful? Um, one thing the school has definitely caused me to believe in is you know, my faith has gotten even stronger that, you know, you put it out in the atmosphere for certain things to happen for you. Um, God puts those things and people in place where, you know, the path that you're supposed to be following down. And also, um, just the fact that, you know, everything kind of worked out. You know, I was a little stressed out about where she was going to go for um, middle school, and she, you know, we found Washington Middle School for Girls. They found us, and, you know, we all became a family. I'm going to kind of miss it 
next year because she won't be there. She's now an eighth grade student, so she'll be moving on to high school. But one good thing that I do love about them is even though Misha will be moving on to high school, this, her advisors and her administrators there will still be a part of her life making sure that her education is continued. They will be checking on her. They will be calling to make sure, you know, if she needs anything. So it's like um, it's, it has been a wonderful experience, and I think it still will be a wonderful experience because now that we know and we've grown that, you know, it's not a disconnect just because she's moving on. It's something that's here, so we have a good foundation for life, basically. So it was, you know, it's just a blessing. It really is. Mm. Well, I love to hear that, that the support continues and that people stay connected even after you graduate from the eighth grade. So we have come to the end of our time. Mencia, I want to wish you well and you know, thank you so much for being on the show. You have really brought the school to life for us. Thank you very much for, for your time here. Um, and, and to be a, the same to you, I think it's just um, wonderful to hear you describe the environment that you found and your hopes for Minxia as the school is helping you to uh, make those things, make those dreams into a reality. So thank you both very much for being with me today. Thank you for having me. Thank you also for letting us come on the show. Oh, it's an honor. Thank you. So we're going to take a break right now. When we come back after this break, we'll be talking again to Sister Mary. We have had a chance to hear from a girl who's at her school and a a mom who's really um, paying a lot of attention to what's happening there. We're going to come back to Sister Mary and learn more about her vision and her plans for this amazing place. This is Kate Ebner. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. 
listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Hello again, this is Kate Ebner, and I'm here with Sister Mary Borden, founder and head of school at the Washington School for Girls in Southeast D.C. The Washington School for Girls is a tuition-free Catholic day school serving 100 girls from grades 4 through 8. We've just spoken with Minxia Gross and her mother, Tabia Woodland. Minxia is a student from the school, and we've heard about how the school and its community have positively affected their lives. Now I'm back with Sister Mary Borden, and we're going to learn more about her vision and more about what's really happening at this amazing place. So I want to start with a question, Sister Mary, about how you find the girls who come to your school. You know, we just heard a little bit about how Minxia found her way there, but how do you, how do you identify um, girls who might benefit Okay, well, uh, first of all, when we set out in any kind of a recruitment process for our school, we have to be very, very mindful of our mission. And as you know, we are seeking students who may be at risk of dropping out of school, probably through no fault of their own, but simply through some circumstances, something happening in their lives or in the neighborhood or in the, or in the schools in their area. So we intentionally seek low-income students who face challenges. I hope that could easily overwhelm them um, or short-circuit the process of education. Therefore, compared to other private schools, we must be much more proactive because uh, the girls that we are seeking may not be seeking us, <laughs> just to mm-hmm. put it you know, in a, in a nutshell. Uh, by definition, we especially want to reach out to those girls whose parents may not have the time to do the traditional church, uh, search, you know, what is the best school for my child. Mm-hmm. Uh, some do, but many of our parents don't have that time. We want to find those students whose families are so burdened by daily course of events that choosing a school can almost be an afterthought, you know, because there's so many other things happening in their lives and that they must deal with on a daily basis. Therefore, we count on the parents uh, of our current students to spread the word. We, we make ourselves known through local churches, community groups, in, in a sense, the word goes out mother to mother. Uh, but we do have a recruitment team, and I've, I have found out that some members of my recruitment team have even gone to nail salons. They've gone to hairdressers. They've gone to Saturday afternoon picnics, and not the traditional way of recruiting students. And we do that specifically because we must be proactive. And then once we identify a student, we engage them in an admission process that involves interviews and orientation time, you know, some welcoming activities to the school. I think it's important to say that we're not necessarily looking for the best and the brightest based on test scores or other school history. We are really looking for girls in which, for whom we can make a difference. Yet um, we are still especially careful to find at least one adult in each student's life who could be the contact person, you know, who would be there for her at report card time, who would be there to, to, to help her, you know, throughout the, the experience. Often this is the parent, but when it's not the parent, it might be an aunt, it could be another relative. So 
we try to do the recruitment process in such a way that it's also an orientation process. And so at the time of finding the students, we're also orienting them, welcoming them, and getting them set up for the next stage. We, we have a summer program for our incoming students, so they all must go to this summer program where they not only learn academics, but they also learn about the school and what will be expected of them. So it sounds, it sounds like a very hands-on process and, and one of um, kind of coming together your you know your your recruitment team and um, candidates to come to the school who who have found you or who you've identified um, I'm, I'm curious about um, once they're admitted do girls stay yes yes I'm, depending upon circumstances almost all the girls stay in the school with the exception of there's a lot of change in the neighborhood. So sometimes the reason that a girl may not stay in the school is because her family has relocated. Uh, other reasons, every now and then we do not, uh, you know, f- unfortunately uh, we are not able to provide for certain special ed needs in our school. So if we uh, bring in a student and throughout the course of the first year or two, usually in the course of the first year, we identify that she could be better served elsewhere. Then we start the process for referral. But, uh, you know, really, as, as you heard in the interview with Minxie, I think once the, once the girls are in our school, they want to be there. Mm-hmm. It does really sound that way. You know, I wonder, what is it, um, how do you think the quality of a child's school experience affects their successful future? Well, I think for any school, um, first and foremost, a, a quality school must have high expectations. You know, and I think learning that there are expectations is certainly going to carry over into the future. Everywhere that a, that a student looks in a school, they, they should realize that much will be expected of them. And these high expectations, they really, they must include a variety of issues. So certainly, for example, in our school, academics is at the core of the program. So high achievement in all subject areas is an expectation. You know, just becomes an expectation. Schools must work hard not only to have the high expectations, but to be sure that everything is taught well, that teachers are on task, that the teachers have a passion to be in the school. In other words, they are role modeling what it means to be a good adult to the students. And so that each and every student is engaged every minute of the day. You know, and I think with, with this kind of experience where a lot is expected of you, where your teachers are there for you, the teachers are working hard with you, that you are, you are starting to develop a repertoire for success. I also think that, you know, good schools don't have a one-size-fits-all. Uh, you know, and I think that that's important for, for the future of success of many children. It's important that we adapt instruction to the variety of learning styles mm-hmm. so that each student can be performing at her best, his best. And somehow, and I think this is so important, that somehow students begin to know their own style. So what helps me to learn may be de- very different from what helps my friend to learn. So ultimately, you want, you want students to feel achievement, and that's to feel success, but that success must be based on something that's real, the real stuff, you know, so that 
when they look at an A on their, their paper, they don't say, someone just slapped that on my paper because they're trying to encourage me. No, they know I'm getting whatever grade I'm getting because I demonstrated this learning or not, you know. So they, they begin to, I think, to own their learning, and I think that has a lot to do with whether you're going to be successful in the future because you're not always going to have people trying to, you know, bolster you up. You have to do it for yourself. But I, I think I'm going to go a step further and say that the high expectations and the high standards must include a variety of domains. They must, inclu- they must include, I think, the social domain, the spiritual domain, the behavioral domain. If you walk into our school, uh, you would be greeted by one of our students. You know, They are taught that this is their school, and so it's their job to greet the visitors. They will look you in the eye, put out their hand, and shake yours. And in their own unique way, they will welcome you to the school, to their school. And if you come to morning prayer, you will see that it's entirely student-led. Yes, there are guidelines that you know, the students have, but they do the call to order, the greeting for the day, and they lead the prayer. We have uh, a well-developed... Hello? Yes, yes, still here. Okay, we have a well-developed service, I'm sorry, we have a well-developed service program, so our students partner with Murray. They, they go out and they, they work at some with the students at Murray School, and it's an interesting mix of students, which is also a very, very important um, part of the educational process because here they're mixing with students of different socioeconomic backgrounds, yet they're all working together. So I think all that to say a quality school has a lot to do um, ensuring success, beginning with the academics, but then rounding it out with those experiences that help students feel confident, know how to lead, know how to be sociable, know how to give back to others. And all of that adds up to being, you know, something that helps students be successful in the future. You know, I, I really appreciate the answer that you just gave and the thought, thoughtfulness with which you answered my question. I think, you know, just just even that very first point that you made about high expectations, and especially in a neighborhood where, um, you know, it's where the reputation is one that, you know, many people turn their back, you know, to, to bring those high expectations into this community and then to really support the girls in, in um discovering within themselves what they're capable of and, and doing that in a real way, as you were saying. It's very powerful to hear about. I know that it's time for us to take another break, but when we come back, I want to have you talk about, you know, what does success mean for this school? What does it mean to you? And when you look out to the future, Sister Mary, what's the vision that you have for this, the, the important work that your school is doing and for the school itself? So for those who are listening, this is Kate Ebner. My guest today, Sister Mary Borden, and we're learning all about her school, the Washington School for Girls. We'll be right back. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? 
The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Save on your prescriptions with the RX Savings Plus Drug Discount Card offered by Voice America. It is not insurance, and discounts are only available from participating pharmacies. But 9 out of 10 pharmacies participate nationwide. Start saving today. Print your free card online at voiceamerica.rxsavingsplus.com or text the word Talk Radio to 96362. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Hi, this is Kate Ebner, and my guest today is someone whose vision has made an incredible difference in a disadvantaged neighborhood in D.C. Sister Mary Borden is the founder and head of school at the Washington School for Girls, and we've been talking with um, not only Sister Mary, but actually with a family who attends her school with Minxia Gross and Tabia Woodland, her mother. So we're going to close our segment by returning to um, the conversation we were having before the break, Sister Mary, and what I'd love to ask you about, particularly since our show is called Visionary Leader, um, we want to ask you, what is your vision? You know, when you look to the future, what is it that you are working to create? And, you know, what is it, how, I guess, to me in my mind, that's sort of a, an invitation for you to give a detailed description of the future you would really like. And it could be for the school, it could be for the girls. What do you think? Well, I think, you know, really looking into the future, you know, I think of what our mission statement says, uh, and, and I'm just, if you will, I, I'll just quote it. Um, I'm trying to recall it. It says, we promise, we make a promise in our mission statement that from the experience of the school would emerge young women of competence, compassion, and commitment to leadership. You know, basically, there's more to it, but that's what I can recall right now, that they would, be, they would become women in the future who would in turn change society. And so I think a lot of the vision that I have is in the students and where mm-hmm. they will go and the things that they will do. You know, I think there is a, there's a growing uh, evidence, you know, or thought pattern that to change, to, if you want to change society, educate a young girl. And you will find that things like unemployment, you know, things uh, go down and you find that the uh, per capita income of people uh, goes up. 
in general, society becomes better. And, you know, so, I mean, the big vision is that our girls will go out and change society, you know, maybe one person at a time, but that they would remember this, the, the, you know, the, the kind of atmosphere that they experienced at our school and go forth and recreate that. So, of course, mm. with, that, with that vision in mind, more is better in one sense. Quality is always important. So when I say more for our school, I'm not thinking of numbers and quantities. You know, yes, we, we are now on two campuses, and, you know, I could see where we will continue with our middle school at the ARC campus. We just moved into a new campus at Our Lady of Perpetual Help. We have more space to do more things, and, our, you know, our board is working very carefully with me to, to vision what would that be. You know, how can we maybe serve additional students, maybe do more with our families? Uh, both those things would be important. Uh, what I want to keep in mind as we grow is the mission, and that's what's most important to me, that, you know, we never morph into something that doesn't look like how we started. Uh, we can grow, we can get better, but I always want our school to be seeking out and serving those students and their families who otherwise would not have this opportunity. Um, so Thank you. Our future is before us. Your future is before you, and it sounds like you're right in the middle of rolling up your sleeves to work on that with your board. You know, I wanted to ask you because, um, you, you know, so, so specifically, this is a school for girls. So you've said a little bit about this in your last answer, but tell us more. Why an all-girl environment? Well, really, you know, I think, it, I, as I said, you know, Educating a girl is, is a very efficient way to changing society, <laughs> just on a very uh-huh. natural level. But, you know, when we started this school and we, we came into the Anacostia area, we couldn't help but be especially concerned about the girls there and what was happening to them. To a large extent, their plight was hidden. You know, uh, you, you would see statistics, but the girls were not making the news because they weren't the ones in necessarily involved in, in the street crime or in violent behavior. Uh, they weren't getting arrested, you know, as much as the boys were. They were kind of living, a, you know, a quiet life with, you know, taking what was expected of them, and they were doing well in school up until about the fourth or fifth grade, and then they kind of settled back to, you know, being in the background and uh, perhaps becoming pregnant at a very young age, too young, and then just, you know, carrying on the cycle of life that was presented to them. And we knew that to, to um, educate these girls would make a huge difference, not only for them, but for the society. Beyond that, uh, there are studies that show that, that girls do learn differently than boys, and boys learn differently than girls. So they do group differently, you know. They are more likely to be leaders and to speak out when they are just girls. And so with all that in, uh, in place, we decided to really uh, hone in and, and identify girls in the neighborhood, knowing that other people were working with the boys. Very good. Thank you. Um, um, you know... You know I'm wondering, you know, as, as you have been uh, running the school and, and growing the school and improving the school all these years, how do you know you're succeeding? We look at a different, um, many different things to know we're succeeding, but I think the, ultimately our, our job is to re- prepare the girls to choose a good high school and get into high school. And we look at their success in high school as an index 
of whether our school is working. And we're happy, very happy and proud to say that 98% of the girls who have graduated eighth grade at the Washington Middle School for Girls uh, have completed high school. And I, I should say, by the way, I should say Washington School for Girls. Let me, make, let me correct myself because we're, we're right in the process of changing our name, which is exciting. Uh, it's exciting to know that we're, we're uh, making it a little more uh, broad and generic to include other than middle school. So, mm-hmm. But as, as, as you talk about the success of our school, we do look at our graduates and we see that they are succeeding in high school we also track them in high school, not just for their grades, but we do, we do know what grades they're getting. But we also see, are, are they involved in, in extracurricular activities? Do they, are they becoming leaders there? Do they need, um, are they who they are meant to be in high school? And those are the things that we know are, you know, uh, that, that's the index, the, the kind of the way in which we know we are succeeding on the middle school level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to be a mentioned that even after Minxia graduates, they'll stay connected um, and that the support will be there for them. And, uh, you know, it sounds like that's really what you're referencing as well, this sort of tracking and staying with them and um, th- asking this question, are they, are they being who they were meant to be? Um, is, it, uh, is that true? Is it, how do you stay with the girls once they leave? And do you find that they, they reach back for you? Yes, yeah, so actually, we have, it's unusual. We have a program uh, and a, a leader of the program, a director, Kim Hopwood, who is precisely her job as a, she's a social worker by background, and her job precisely is to track the graduates in high school. She's assisted by other people on her staff and by our whole staff. So uh, she really, through emails, through Facebook, through telephone, uh, calls, uh, stays in touch with the girls, and I must say, they with her and with the mm-hmm. other staff. On, on graduation day, uh, we, uh, she gives them her cell phone number, and uh, we also ask the parents if they would be willing to sign permission for us to access the records of the students in their high schools. And they do, without, they do so without delay. They're very, very happy so that we can continue to work with the families and um, maybe troubleshoot when it's necessary, mm-hmm. encourage and support when that is uh, called for, mm-hmm. so that we um, have very good relationships with the counselors, the principals, the teachers of the high schools where our girls go, and they never leave us. <laughs> so, well, that is um, fantastic. It's amazing, yes. and I think that's what helps with the 98% graduation rate is that, sure. you know, because they're bound to run into struggles and problems, but we're still there to help them to problem solve. Well, the word that's jumping out for me is commitment, and it's just, you know, you've used some really powerful words like promise and commitment and um, high standards and expectations, and, you know, those words are full of energy and of um, faith and of... um, you know, just a real belief in, in these girls. We're at the end of our hour, which is just hard to believe. Before we hang up, how can, quickly, how can we stay in touch with news from the school? How can people contribute or, or help? Well, first of all, visit our website, you know, WashingtonSchoolForGirls.org, and uh, there's opportunities to become mentors and tutors. As, as we already mentioned, our school is tuition-free. We, need, we do need donations. We need support. Uh, 
we have a scholars program where people can sponsor students. It costs um, $15,000 a year to sponsor a student. Um, very often, people break that up and maybe share it among, you know, three or four of their friends or relatives. But we need people to help our students, um, to support them financially, to support them otherwise. Um, Fantastic. And come to the school and visit. That would be the best way to, to be in touch. Well, we certainly uh, appreciate that invitation, and I hope that those of you listening will really consider it and maybe make your way over to see the Washington School for Girls and to meet Sister Mary. This has been Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. I'm Kate Ebner, and my guests today were Sister Mary Borden of the Washington School for Girls, as well as Tabia Woodland and Minxia Gross, a family from the school community. I want to say thank you, Sister Mary, and also again to Tabia and Minxia for joining me today. I hope you have a great rest of the week, snow day and all. Thank you for being with me. Take care. We sincerely hope you've enjoyed hearing from leaders who are using vision to create an inspiring future. Please join host Kate Ebner for another edition of Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business Channel. Meanwhile, visit www.nebocompany.com for more tips on bringing your own vision to life. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com.